0: This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 67.
1: Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy.
0: Hey, hello, and welcome. Today, we will visit... or should I say revisit, the topic of habits. And the reason I want to do that is that habits make a big and important part of our day. We will talk about the work of the researcher BJ Fogg and supplement it with a little bit of Gretchen Rubin material. The majority of everything we do and think is made up of habits. These can have a big impact on our baseline happiness. Now, if you think about it, if we try to, you know, psychoanalyze ourselves, there is this aspect of feelings where we know why we're feeling the way we do at a given moment. You know, there's at least some of it that we might have an idea why we're feeling that way. Maybe we had a good meal or it's cold and we're freezing and all these things have a little bit of impact and we might know what's going on. But then there's also part of it which has an impact on us, and we might not be entirely clear what it is. And I can tell you, your habits is, you know, a big part of that. So if you're happy with the routines that you have developed, you know, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, if you still want to go and optimize and, and maximize and all of that stuff, I recommend that you think About the concepts that I talk about in this episode in terms of your thoughts. So we often, when we hear habits, we think about exercising, eating, and all of these things. And they are, of course, habits. However, we also all have thinking habits. And those are responsible for a large batch of our happiness. So let's look at happiness through the lens of thoughts, but only if you are happy with your other routines. If not, go and focus on whatever it is that you want to implement. Now we're gonna talk about the anatomy of habits. So the habit loop is made up of a trigger, the behavior, and the reward. Now the trigger can be pretty much almost anything. Waking up can trigger you to take a shower, Hearing a particular song can trigger certain memories. Or seeing a headline can trigger anger or despair. So really, triggers can be absolutely everything. Then behavior, I'll use three different examples. And it might sound a bit obvious, but I really want to be clear that you know what the behavior part of this means. So in the shower example, we use the behavior So once we've made the the decision has been triggered to take a shower, we will undress, we will shower, we will groom, and then get dressed again. When we hear the song, we will be listening, we might hum or sing along, and when it comes to the headline, we will probably read the article, think about the contents, and talk to others about it. So that's the behavior. Now the reward when it comes to the shower is... Feeling clean, feeling warm, and smelling nice. Again, the reward, a reward can be many different things. It doesn't have to be some kind of cookie or some big reward. Often rewards are just feelings we experience which feel rewarding and make us, you know, enjoy stuff. When it comes to the song, we, the reward is the positive emotions we feel, the enjoyment and the reminiscence of the memories when it comes to the headline and this is an interesting one uh I talked about how it triggers anger but actually the reading something like that that makes us angry can make us feel self- righteous and even superior because we clearly understand issues that other peoples don't and if they would see it the world would be the better place and that's an important thing to understand rewards even negative and bad behaviors can have rewards which is why we do them and understanding the anatomy helps you to spot what triggers your habits in daily life and also look at the rewards because if you look at the rewards you understand oh i you know if you need to feel for example if you feel self-righteousness through the anger it seems like there might be a little bit of lack of validation so you're seeking validation and once you know that that's what you're after you don't need the negative impulse of some stupid headline to make you angry to to make you feel self-righteous and then give you the validation you need you can work on other more constructive ways to give yourself the validation now how do you implement habits now i want to talk about a particular approach called tiny habits which has been researched by a guy called BJ Fogg. Now his idea is basically that you really start off with something that is so tiny that there's really no excuse not to do it. So for example, he likes to use the example of flossing your teeth. So instead of flossing your teeth, you floss one tooth And there is no way, no matter how stressed you are, even if you are the President of the United States, you will find two and a half seconds or five seconds to floss one tooth. Nobody can say they don't have time for that. So that's what you start out with. You just do a tiny, tiny behavior. So what does he mean with that? Well, for long-term behavior changes, we cannot rely on motivation and willpower alone, which is what most people do. They're like, oh, I'm really pumped up. And when things get tough, the tough get going, which means my willpower will come to the rescue, which for those of you who listen to the willpower episode, know that that's probably not going to happen all the time. And definitely not if you want to do something every day for the rest of your life. Fogg argues that often we don't have to learn how to do a habit, but we have to automate the actual doing of something. So for example, we know how to train train at the gym, but we have to train ourselves to go there regularly, to walk there like an automated zombie kind of thing. Not thinking about it, whether we should go, yes or no, but just going we have no control over outcomes and this is important because people often say like oh i want to i want to write a bestseller or something like that and you cannot do anything to guarantee yourself a bestseller now of course you can do a lot of things which have helped other people's books become bestsellers but you don't know so Instead of focusing on outcomes, you want to focus on things you have control over, and that's your behaviors and actions. If you want to reach a big goal, you have to break it down into several tiny habits. Three elements are needed for a habit to happen. Motivation, ability, and a trigger. Now, this is not the same as the habit loop that we talked about. These are the conditions which have to be in place so that a habit can actually happen. Whereas before, we talked about the habit loop, which is what happens through the whole habit circle, uh, cycle. Sorry. So number one, motivation. The harder something is, the more motivation is needed. And this is where tiny habits say, says, just don't make it hard. In that case, if it's not hard, you barely need any motivation. Similarly, ability. The easier something is, the less motivation we need. And finally, the trigger, the most simple trigger, is to add a new behavior to an existing routine. So, for example, after I have eaten my meal, I will read for 10 minutes or 5 minutes, whatever a tiny, tiniest thing is. It's important that the frequencies of the old habit and the new habit you want to establish that they match. So, for example, if you want to do something daily, you have to attach it to another daily habit. And if you want to do something weekly, you have to attach it to another weekly habit. He also says it's important to reward yourself by saying something like, awesome or well done. I don't know if that's just particularly American or if that's true for us more, how shall I put this, less excitable folks over in the old continent, I don't know. Also, there is some conflicting research on rewards, so there are some people who say if you actually reward yourself with an external reward, it diminishes your internal motivation. So... The whole discussion with the reward, nah, still, still undecided. However, Fogg has found in his research that the reward is needed. Now, there's something that make habit success more likely. It's easier to replace a habit than to break it all together. So, if you want to stop doing something, it's easier if you kind of take advantage of existing triggers, action steps, and rewards... And just modify it slightly to include something more productive, constructive, or healthy. It's also important that you focus on a small number of habits to change at a time. So just start with one, maximum three. Because if we do everything at once, chances are we will not make anything stick. Make it easier to act according to how you want to act. So... You want the stuff that is right and good for you to be easy to be done. You don't you want to remove as many obstacles as possible. Similarly, make it harder to act in ways that are inconsistent with your goals. So for example, stash your cigarettes in the most inconvenient place or don't have any at home at all. So every time you want one, you'll have to take a ladder and go to that shelf and take it down and that will just pure human laziness will keep you from smoking that many cigarettes. And if it doesn't, you will at least be really fit because you have to keep you know, pushing stuff around and getting up and at least you'll be limber. you know. So think in advance about things that could trip you up and how to avoid that. So if you know that you get cranky with your partner, if you don't eat, make sure that you have a little snack so you won't be starving when you get home. It's easier to... To just you know keep herself fed, then it might be to hold back the the whole the, the food craved meanness that fuels some of our more thoughtless things that we say to our loved ones. Be aware of the excuses we make up to not engage in good habits. They include, "I will do it tomorrow," "I have been good and deserve a break." Well, now this unexpected thing happened and I can't possibly do what I wanted to do. Or what difference does does it make if I do or don't do this just for once? When you catch yourself saying any of these things to you, you know what they are. They're just us looking for loopholes trying to get out. Another thing is it's important to understand when it's not the time to change a habit. We often fail because we want to do too much at once, or we think we should be implementing a habit, but we just don't have the energy to do it right now. So if you know you want to commit, you will not commit yourself, why think about it? Why feel guilty? Why batter yourself up. Instead, just say to yourself, all right, I'm not ready yet to be eating healthily or to be exercising two times a week or whatever it is. And I, but I will re-evaluate that in four months. And that is actually most of what you have to know to start a new habit. Now let's recap that. Habits are made of triggers, behaviors, and rewards. New habits are best added to existing ones. So after I do X, I will do the new habit Y in the tiniest, tiniest possible unit. Make the right things easy and the bad things hard, and anticipate problems and excuses, and think about ways to overcome them before it happens. Because when you're in this situation, you will not have the brain power to come up with a smart answer. All right, that's it. Now, I'd like to read two reviews that we got. The first is from Roderick Lapid. Sorry, if I I hope I did not butcher your last name, Roderick, from the USA. And it says, hi, I want to thank you for your wonderful podcast. I've been slowly reading Martin Seligman's work and listen to your podcast simultaneously. I know that I've been very pessimistic for the past eight years because of personal and professional setbacks. With Seligman's book and your podcast, I have a new bounce in my step, feeling empowered to change things back to optimism that I've had years ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, Roderick, as I pointed out in the email that I sent to you, this is really kind of the reason why this podcast exists. And I'm so happy when I hear of the stories where people really don't just feel a little bit better, but they actually embark on a journey to, you know, figure out what what is important to them and what kind of brand of positivity that they're attracted to and what they can make work. So... I'm really happy and proud of you, Roderick, and everybody who is doing that. The next review is from Barbski from USA, and she said, I really enjoyed episode 55, which I found while listening to the top 10 episodes of 2015. Very informative information, initially presented through a book by Kelly McGonigal, a researcher who is working with the issue of willpower. The presentation was well-delivered and I'm planning to share it with several of my clients who struggle with motivation and the difficulty of developing positive habits. Great job, Barbara Monette, Santa Cruz, California. Well, I hope this recent episode, Barbara, will, you know, have the potential to be a good add-on to episode 55 because this is about habits again and it's a little bit Shorter than the last one we did on habits. If you're interested in habits, you might also want to check out the interview I did with Bratzo Pobridge, episode 26, if I'm not mistaken. Now, thank you so much to the person who signed up for an Audible trial membership. You effectively paid my hosting for one month. And by doing that, you are actually the sponsor of the episodes of this month so to speak. I hope you enjoy whatever book you decide to download. And if you're interested in learning more about habits, I can recommend two books to you. The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg and Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. You can download one of these books for free if you go through strengthsphoenix.com slash audible. Just go Click on the image on the Audible image, and then when you're once you're on the Audible homepage, you can search for the Power of Habit or Better Than Before. And as I mentioned, whoever does this, whoever signs up, you don't even have to decide to continue the membership. But whoever signs up for a membership is actually the sponsor of a month's worth of words worths of episodes. Oh, I get so excited, I stumble all over my words. So yeah. Why not? If you enjoy the Positive Psychology Podcast and you think, well, yeah, let's, let's pay some of those hosting fees, you can do that without actually having to one penny leave your pocket. How awesome is that? All right, strengthsphoenix.com slash audible. I hope you enjoyed this short episode on habits. And if any of you actually take on implementing a habit. I would love to hear from you. What habit is it? What happened? Was it easy? Was it hard? How is it? And one thing I would like to finish with is that we have this idea that everything that is good for us must be hard for us. And I would like to encourage you to just think about this idea that maybe it doesn't always have to be like that. Maybe if you address your inner being with a little bit of respect and you assume that your inner being actually wants to help you out maybe just maybe the changes you want to make don't all have to be so hard okay all right so have a great week and talk
1: to you soon bye-bye if you enjoyed this episode you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on itunes or stitcher we would love to hear from you at kristen@strengthphoenix.com. at For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yoghurt.